0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code Wondery at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: What's up, what's up, what's up? This is the Orange Zone Podcast. A reminder, you can find every episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you'd like to get your podcast. I'm Tommy Sladak. This is Samantha Croston. You can find every episode on our CMY Central YouTube page. If you're watching from YouTube, what's up from the Skycam? New episodes are released every week, normally on Wednesdays. We invite you to like, comment, subscribe for more Orange Zone content. We have Brendan Hodges back on the producer Mike. And Sam, we're starting today with the additions and subtractions for SU men's basketball. Jesse Edwards committing to play at West Virginia. We also have Chance Street transferring into su from auburn so let's start with jesse edwards because he was the big story on sunday i know you were here working and uh he had come down to his finalists of kansas gonzaga west virginia which to me when you have those schools on your list, you kind of have your, uh, your pick of the letter, so to speak. Yeah. And he ultimately went with West Virginia, which I was a bit surprised by.
2: What surprised you?
1: Surprised me just because if you have offers from Kansas and Gonzaga, mm-hmm. kind of more of those blue, blo- blue blood, I think we can call Gonzaga blue blood at this point, Brendan Right? would you give me that check mark You're for kidding, that? You're kidding, right? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Right. Got it. That sounds good then. Um, we're on the same page. And ultimately went with the Mountaineers. And what's interesting about it is, I don't even believe he took an, an, an official visit to Gonzaga or to Kansas. He said he fell in love with the university and uh, said this part was a bonus, but I do think it absolutely plays a role, especially for why he left Syracuse. There are reports that this NIL deal that he worked out with, with a collective or whatever it may be, is possibly in the high six figures.
2: Unbelievable. Yes. I mean, and exciting for him, you know, it's it's oh, it's so cool to, to be a college athlete and to be making those kinds of bills, like just in, as far as what that's going to set you up for in the future, as far as your success to come. And it is interesting that he didn't visit the other schools, as you said. Um, I wonder if if WVU just stole his heart right away, or if he possibly kind of knew that he wanted to go there before he even really took the visit.
1: Sure, and I and and part of it could be just that you know they were they possibly tossed a number out that you know he really couldn't refuse, yeah. and he knew he wasn't going to get better at the other schools. Which again, those things, those communications are happening before an 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 an, an official visit at this point. I think we can all think uh, you're kind of again tunnel vision if you're not seeing that through but you know i think we had talked about it a week or two ago with you know jesse and joe being in the six figures for their type of value for this just this grad year right and to me that was it, it took me a solid day or two to wrap my head around that i don't think i was exactly expecting those numbers but to see what we're seeing now and to see what was playing out um I mean, just to, to think that this is kind of where we're at, it just shows you the scale of what NIL can be.
2: Well, I'll tell you what, they got a good one because Edwards saved his best year in an orange uniform for his senior season, averaging a double-double, 14.5 points per game, 10.3 rebounds, adding 2.7 blocks per game as well. This is a do-it-all man, and it's going to be hard to replace him.
1: Yeah, and we also have him saying in a quote with ESPN, I felt it was time for a fresh start. I needed a new environment to challenge myself in, and I think West Virginia is just that. I've met some great people on my visit here, and the campus looks amazing. This team could be something special. So he went on to you know, have somewhat, I want to say vague comments, but just comments where he didn't feel, he didn't go into certain specifics, but he didn't feel like Syracuse was going to be able to provide him ultimately what he's getting at West Virginia. And that could be... like and that could be interpreted in in multiple ways, um, I certainly see it in in one way, and I see someone that you know as a, a an international student um, you know ultimately wanted to try to make the most of this final year here, and uh, I think he's going to be able to do that certainly from what we 're hearing um, brendan you you have a note here with uh involves Bob Huggins. What do you got for us
0: no you're catching me off guard here i wasn't expecting to be a uh... Brought in this early in the episode, the, the Bob Huggins. I'm seeing Huggins a bold
1: thing. Brendan sort of note. Oh yeah. Okay,
0: say that. I, I hear you. Sometimes I just let you guys go with that, though. Maybe I just have a big mouth. I just don't know. Excited today. Bob Huggins, guys, obviously one of the more recognizable coaches in college basketball. Now, I think he may actually be, with Jim Boeheim's retirement, the active winningest coach in the nation. Hmm. I, I forgot to look that up. I don't know why, but um, it there been, up there. It, he's up there. Um, I will say. The West Virginia, while they haven't always had the biggest big men, they've always had a pretty good shot blocker. And I point out Sagaba kanate here because way back in my younger years of 14 or whenever, however old I was in 2016, 2017, Kanate blocked like eight shots against Kansas right at the start of a game. It, it's – it. they always have some guy who can sh- block shots and – I will say I'm not sure how Jesse fits in with the whole Press Virginia vibe that Bob Huggins usually likes to use, but I haven't paid to West Virginia basketball much attention really since I've gotten into the professional world, so I'm not sure if they're still doing that or not.
1: Right. Well, I think ultimately he's the type of player that's his game has gotten more and more versatile. And I think a team understands that they can get him and his skill. And these coaches are obviously very confident, including Huggy Huggy Bear, that he can be able to weave him into his system and and certainly get a lot out of him from the work that we're hearing. And as for Chance Westry, let's get a little bit into the new guy. He was a former four-star prospect, Sam. And we're talking a dude that was top 40 coming out of high school. So way up there. He was rec- recruited by Syracuse during his high school days. And that has certainly come into play um, here in 2023 with Adrian Autry at the helm where both JJ Starling and now Chance Westry you know, pointed to their relationships and yes. the, the in the length and the time that these coaches spent with them, and certainly kept that positive attitude with them even after not picking their school. It shows you the impact that we're starting to see for these next guys that really have these very strong relationships. Not that Beheim didn't with his players, but ultimately over ultimately over the last few years, these players coming in have pointed to red. They've pointed to Jerry and they pointed to Alan Griffin. And certainly it's the case here with uh, with Chance. And yeah.
2: Well, not to mention, you know, these these coaches are a little bit younger. You mm-hmm. wonder if that impacts the relationship in a positive way at all. I think so. It's just even, you know, for, for me, I always felt like, OK, I could have a pretty good relationship with some of the younger coaches. It just it has a different feel and a different vibe to it. Um, but I do. I, I think I, I would love to at some point possibly even have a coach on here because I wonder just how this has impacted the off season where do you put your resources how much time and energy is spent recruiting high school kids versus going out and grabbing kids in the portal like it really does feel like a whole new world
1: totally and and you wonder if that split has become different right where where an assistant is completely dedicated to the transfer portal with or if it's kind of you know, kind of similar to the way I think a lot of jobs across the country are, in that people are doing more jobs with a singular role. It's it's tra- it, it transcends um, you know industries, and and maybe for coaching, it's one of them where it's just a part of the new normal. Um, but he chose Syracuse over Creighton, Penn State, Seton Hall, and St. John's. He's a six six combo guard, so that certainly gives Syracuse some flexibility in where they want to use him. And ultimately, that's also going to, you know, position wise, reflect whether or not Judah Mintz comes back. Because if Judah comes back, you know, I think JJ at 6'4 is certainly very much locked into that two spot. Is he just sliding to a three at 6'6"? Six, six? I think it's possible. Not to um, mention,
2: on that note, yeah. with Westry joining the Orange, they have three open scholarships remaining for that 2023-2024 season. But if Judah Mintz returns for his sophomore season, he would receive one of those three. So just important to keep that in mind as we continue here.
1: Totally. And I think right now the the center that would be playing for them is Monier Hema. And I think there's a... a, a chance for this dude to keep growing. He was at Transfer from Duquesne, came in last year, worked behind Jesse. But ultimately, this these guys are, are still and I'm sure actively looking for someone in the transfer portal to come in and immediately fill that role at that center position. Someone with with experience. And Westry grew up outside Harrisburg, uh went to a small school called Trinity High School in Camp Hill, PA. And from there which again it was it was I was very interested to see that because we've talked about on the show before how you know most guys you just don't hear of these hometown legends too much like Joe Girard anymore mm-hmm. he's very much more one of those rare occurrences where he had enough attention times 10 on the AU circuit that it allowed him to stay and play with his friends and, and truly become a legend. Whereas most of these guys are moving on and trying to find more exposure at a bigger high school, private high school, whatnot. And you can't blame him in the slightest. So I was surprised to see that he was at just out near Harrisburg PA playing at his local high school, Sure, did that for two years. And then he went out West to do some private school ball in California and Arizona and his first year in California, I guess it was his junior year. He played at Sierra Canyon, played with a certain name that people know by now, and it's LeBron James' son, I was going to say Jr. Bronny, yeah. So love to see that, and uh, certainly it will be fun to talk to him about that when he does get here. Now, he did redshirt, so he has four years left, um, played a few games but had knee surgery before the year and ultimately just took that medical redshirt. But Smart. To see when he was playing just in those few games in the beginning of the season, it's like, whew, There's a reason this dude's up there in terms of
2: rankings. What stuck out to you? Um, He does everything. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: Everything. Everything. Completely just one of those type of players where he gets on the court, a little bit like Judah, in that I, I was really impressed with the way he drove to the lane. Very confident player. Someone that can dish it, but ultimately he's the type of guy, and similar to J.J. Starling, where you probably will want the ball in one of their hands at the end of the game. So it's exciting to know that we have at least two of those Moving on. Sure. Absolutely. Right. And Excited. Sweet, Speaking of moving on, let's go to some lax, shall we? We let's shall. Let's go to some lax because we have a Syracuse men's team that has went from no ranking to number 12 in two weeks. And they've done that because, well, they're starting to do exactly what you wanted them to do if they had any shot at making the tournament.
2: They're starting to do what Syracuse Lacrosse does. You even saw, you know some of the Twitter conversations people saying over the weekend. This was the first win that felt like a Syracuse Lacrosse win. Ooh. It felt I know and that that struck me. I was like, "Okay, it's starting to get that feeling back, that juice back of perhaps some of the gary gate teams and the powell teams and whatnot not saying it's to that level but that's the days that i think people are craving for is the feeling that those teams brought um i'm very interested i'm very interested to see what happens as far as the ncaa tournament me and brendan feel a little differently right now he thinks they're a lock for me i'm not i'm not ready to go that far to say that Mm. but absolutely at this point you can say they'll be in the discussion
1: in the discussion, but it's it's still a little bit all over over the place. Uh, I mean, I was talking to you know, one of our colleagues yesterday, who he, he reminded me that during the broadcast that Anish and Company were talking about their chances and ultimate. And this was again before the North Carolina before the win actually happened. This was mid game, but they almost said that they had to win out. I see this more as if they are able to get it done against UVA on Saturday. That pushes them up, in, up, them up into the top 10, and I just f- will find it hard for the committee to, to not pick them. But, again, this isn't a huge bracket. I think people that are, that are a little bit more new to the, to the sport of lacrosse sometimes expect it to be this big thing. It's and really it's, not. And it's really not. And, and some of those spaces are those automatic qualifiers, um, just like we saw with you know, Vermont out of the uh, is it Northeast Conference. Something similar to that, but you normally have a team like that sneaking in things like that so the 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 at America americanese East, American East. so the at large nice nice work the at large bids are few and far between um, so ultimately, I would love to see them get one more. What do you think
2: I think one more, and it would competitive. Be, they'll be competitive they 'll be competitive and again that's that 's really as far as I can say, just because. There is so much competition, not just in the ACC. We're talking about Ivy Leagues who you need to be thinking about. We're talking about Big Ten competitors who you have to be thinking about and other people who, quite honestly, have played more consistently throughout the entire year or have more ranked wins than we do right now. You would think, oh, they're peaking at the right time, but I'm really not sure how much that necessarily plays into it because I always think back to what happened with Notre Dame. I have to really find out the details. I don't remember if it was two years ago or one year ago, but does anyone remember what I'm talking about? Notre Dame ended the season on, like, a five- or six-game winning streak. They were ranked, like, in the top, I think, five or six in the country, like something really high, and they got left out of the tournament completely. And everyone was like, they got snubbed, but that's what happened. Is this so when
1: Kilpatrick was on a tear? This Is it Kilpatrick or Fitzpatrick?
2: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find out the details, Say and Kilpatrick. I'm going to bring this story to the table at the next – orange zone that we have so that okay. you guys can see why I don't ever feel that anyone is safe. But I will say, I mean, two excellent opportunities up and coming to to prove something. That's to pro- for sure. To make it too hard for, for anyone who is making that decision to say they they can't be in the tournament. I just don't know if you can if you can say that depending on what happens with these two games. But it's huge. Virginia's huge.
1: I'm gonna rush up your story right here. I got a piece of it. Give it to me. Want me me to go for it? Go for it. Notre Dame defeated Duke in riveting fashion 16 of 14 to finish the season on a six game winning streak. This was last year. It was last year. Eight and four overall record consisted of zero wins over teams that ultimately qualified for the NCAA tournament. It was not enough to get the Irish into the 18 team dance. Very interesting. So they missed for the first time since 2005, and certainly it was, I mean, I remember that, just social media and, and the internet was just going nuts in Eight the and lacrosse four, community. 6 six-game winning out. streak. Six-game winning streak.
2: And again, everyone got, thought they got snubbed. I'm not saying that's the norm, but I am right. just saying it is interesting. There are a lot of factors that go into making this decision when, as you said, 18 teams is really not a lot.
1: It's really not a lot. And again, it starts with UVA on Saturday. Um I, I I think they are truly just playing their best lacrosse and and Gary keeps it simple in the post game where you know he was asked at one point, he's like, Do you think this team's better now than they were before? And he's like, I think they just understand themselves better. And end of the day, he 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 doesn't waver from if we're executing the what we're supposed to be executing, we're winning games. And he's like, We're executing. He's like, Sorry if that sounds so simple, but with him and his in his system. It does break down to that in his mind.
2: Well, I think that Anish said it best over the broadcast. He said, you're watching a young team grow. Mm. That's yeah. what's happening.
1: Yeah, and a part of that growth maybe is just you know less to do with the physical game and more so to do with understanding
2: their role, right? Understanding their role, having a better mentality, being in those high-pressure situations, you know again it's one there have been many games so far this season that really have come down to the wire being able to stay calm in those situations. I mean it was a freshman, Michael Leo who scored the game-winning goal. Yeah. That He's was been amazing. Really impressive. really impressive. And again, it takes balls. It takes guts to be the person to take that last shot. There were 12 seconds left on the clock when he took that shot and honestly, it wasn't a great angle. I think he probably could have gotten one or two more passes off, but he said, "You know what? I'm going to take it myself." That is impressive, especially seeing that that comes from a freshman. It makes you feel confident about the future of what this program could hold. And
1: and it looks bright right now. And as for UVA, let's get a a little bit of scouting the orange and what we can expect out of this game. So this stuck out to me Um, like it is every game. I think this is going to be a huge, huge game for this Syracuse defense because, UVA has two of the top four scores in terms of goals per game in Peyton Cormier, Xander Dixon. They also have one of the two best assisters in the nation with Connor Schellenberger. So that's a powerful offense. And numbers kind of help tell the story there. As for what Brendan is watching for, who wins the man up, man down battle? Here, this is all in italicized, so I'm going to read it in my Brendan question voice. Did you know Syracuse's man up offense is the fourth most efficient in the nation at 57.4? Did you know that Virginia is just behind Syracuse as the fifth? most efficient with 56.7. The difference in the game could be Syracuse's man down defense, which is ranked 15th in the nation at a 70% success rate. Virginia is tied for 57th with 56.8. So ultimately that could end up being the ticket here.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I did know. I I didn't know exactly where it fell in the rankings. I knew that Syracuse's man-up offensive unit was nuts. They was going crazy, was popping off. What do you credit that to? I credit that to the way that they move the ball, their ball movement already, their efficiency that they've had on the offensive end since the beginning of the season. That was something that, to me, always stuck out as a strength. That's the Syracuse style of lacrosse. Quick passes, quick ball movement. The shot selection. Um, so many of their goals this year are assisted. That's just the style that they play. You know, you do see some one-on-one drives and things like that. But this is a passing and assisting team. So essentially, they're doing the same thing that they normally do, but they're just they just have one less defender to worry about. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean that I, I think that they're successful in that always. Um, but honestly, if I was Gary Gate this time around, I'm not even focusing necessarily on one particular thing about this game. I really think against a team like Virginia, you do need that full collective team effort. I'm not a big I used to kind of think, you know, win the draw battle and a lot of the times you win the game or you know, the win the face off, win the game. I don't necessarily think that way anymore. You know, I don't think that one one of those stats is going to be the end-all be-all. I think you need that full collective team effort. I think will Mark needs to have a day I think that you need to do a good job on the faceoff maybe not even great um everything just kind of like uh, firing on all cylinders I think yeah. is kind of the key to success this time around
1: and now that you say that to me it's almost. You know, you can't even coach like it comes down to the faceoff and nothing else, because then you're almost telling your players to give up at that point if you are losing the faceoff battle.
2: Right, exactly. So what happens if that's not working out? Well, you need to find another way. Play good defense, work harder for your offensive opportunities, and then convert. Honestly, that's what Syracuse has had to do a couple of times. I'm pretty sure that they lost the draw battle. In the game against North Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, I'll check on that. But I'm pretty sure they They,
0: they lost it handily. Right. They lost it by a
2: lot. And I don't even think they took as many shots either. So we'll get to that in a second. Sorry if I'm skipping ahead. No, not not at all. Proves exactly my point. Less shots, but they converted more on those shot opportunities. Less draws, one, but better defensive stops. It really is a matter of how you're reacting, I think, to those failures or to those areas of the game that you aren't doing well at.
1: Right, exactly. So I think it's about mindset heading into the right spot there. And uh, moving on to Syracuse women's lacrosse, fifteen and zero. We are talking about five straight weeks where they are ranked the top team in the nation. In this one, to me, you could tell more than anything by the reaction of the players that they wanted to beat North Carolina so badly, so so badly. I don't, I'm trying to. I was I was looking up there for a second and got distracted about when the last time they beat them was, but I feel like it's my it. it could be a hot minute since unless they I'm, beat them yeah unless and, I
2: think, think it's around five years ago
1: yeah I mean that's that's something and even if you are the number one team for the players that have been here for four or five years right the, the Megan Carney's of the team um, this game means a lot and they were able to get it done
2: so impressive I mean a great effort and I told you before in the last episode we had before the game you would ask me, you know, do you think that North Carolina is going to win this game? And remember, even when we talked to Trina Habel, she was like, this is the thorn in Syracuse's side. It's UNC. I think even the alumni base was possibly a little bit nervous. I always thought that they were going to be able to pull this game off. I thought, if anything, if the UNC fight was going to result in a loss, it was going to happen further down the line. Um, I thought they played great. I mean, I thought, again, to the the point I was saying before – in the areas that they were struggling in, they just find a way to overcome it. That's sure. why I don't worry. I think, I think Delaney Schweitzer was a big part of that. She had a really good day, and it was a really good day to have a really good day. You know, we needed right. her in that situation. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely interested to see what happens with Boston College. I have no idea why, but I have a bad feeling, which I haven't had the whole year. I have no idea why it's just a feeling. So I'm hoping that it goes away.
1: Can you elaborate on that feeling, or is it nothing more than a feeling?
2: I don't know why. I have a feeling like— Does it feel like
1: trappy because it, North Carolina was ultimately a bigger story?
2: It feels like—well, there's a lot of history here with Boston Certainly. College. Certainly. In the last national championship game that Syracuse was in, they lost it to BC mm-hmm. and Charlotte North and mm-hmm. company. Um, so I I always think this is a big game, and Boston College isn't even ranked as high as they're normally ranked. Maybe that's why I have a bad feeling is because right. they're not the powerhouse that they've previously been. And I don't know. Maybe it is a trap situation. Like I said, I'm hoping I'm wrong. But for some reason, my prediction this time around is either like a win by six or seven goals or a loss that we were not expecting. Would to you save. like
0: some uh, some comfort, Sam? Yeah, I really, I really, I really would. I would Ride like it. some comfort. Boston College is up to number five now. I don't know where you expect them to be in terms of usual suspects, but I feel like top five is kind of what we consider Boston College, right? They've also won six games in a row, so they are probably one of the. Other than Syracuse, one of the hottest teams in the nation right now.
2: So why is that giving me confidence?
0: Because you're saying that you feel like they're being overlooked by so <laughs> many teams. You're and not I,
2: overlooking them. No,
0: absolutely not. Okay. Uh, Jen Medjid. I, I want to. That's a familiar name to you, I think, just in terms of like mm-hmm. knowing the lacrosse world. One oh of the, yeah. One of the top goal scorers in the country, four point four goals a game. She's also one of the best point getters in the game, third in the nation behind, I think we all know who. Megan Tyrell. And there's a, uh, someone from Northwestern. I'm, I'm blanking on the name. Uh, Izzy, Izzy Skein. Thank you. Um,
1: I love that name too, by the way.
0: Look, it's I, I don't think Syracuse overlooks anybody. And the reason I think that is because week after week, we talk about Kayla Trainer sitting at a camera and giving you this blank stare. And Tommy has made it very clear. like It's a blank stare. She is a cool cat, cool customer. It, last week, she said, we're just excited to play a great team in UNC. I guarantee you she said the same thing, except she switched out UN for B after the game this weekend.
2: And yeah. the crazy thing I is, you're right. if they do win this game, and then they're going for what we know they're going for, the national championship, it would be a perfect season. Has that mm. ever happened before? I think not
1: for Syracuse. Not for
2: Syracuse, I think, right?
0: Didn't UNC have one like,
2: a couple years ago?
1: UNC has done I think, very recently. But never, mean,
2: never for Syracuse. I didn't no. realize
1: that they... The, the Tar Heels had a 41 game home win streak. 41 that's game crazy. home winning streak,
2: isn't that wild?
1: That's absurd. So that's a place that you consider to be, you know, impossible to play, and they were able to get it done. And uh, you know, the Tyrell show was was on full display. If you had tickets to it, you know, it, it's a sold out show per normal per usual. Um, great to see. Great to see Emma back in there as well and looking very comfortable after having to sit out for a bit. Uh, but Megan, I mean, she's just rising up the ranks right here, and she's at. Um, after six points at UNC is three hundred and ninety four. She passes Kayla Trainer for second place on all time points list and is just two points behind first place Katie Rowan. She's so,
2: chasing Katie Rowan, baby. I mean,
1: we're talking about a player that we're completely safe in saying is going to have her name in the rafters of the dome.
2: It's we really are we're we really are witnessing what could be a historic season, what already has been a historic yeah. season. And it's just a matter of how far it's going to go. I'm yep. so curious to see what's going to happen. And in a way, it feels like it's too good to be true. You know what? I think that's maybe my issue. I think I feel uncomfortable with the th- with like the team that's in the number one spot. Maybe it's the March Madness that we just sure, have witnessed sure. and it's making me feel nervous, but no, honestly, I, I, I have full faith and confidence in this team and, and I, I think they're going to do great things. I'll just, I just need to figure out this feeling. We'll see what happens.
1: And it's just been good to see, not like I wouldn't want them to just blow out everyone, but that to me is I think when teams can get really caught off guard if they are smoking everyone and all of a sudden they're in that tight game late in the fourth quarter and it's, unfamiliar territory and there's something about that that can just spook the momentum of you know the team's energy whatnot they've been in some battles recently yes um and while they've never trailed at the end of the first quarter which i found that interesting good stat brendan um just to see them going down to the wire at north carolina ultimately you know it they they had that two goal lead at the end of the game but it was very tight there and it, it was it, very was important. tight there.
2: You're, you're right. Like To your point, that is important, and it was actually brought up on the broadcast. Jay Alter and Sheehan Stanwyck were talking about, um, you know, Sheehan was saying, these are the situations that you really need them to be in now so that this isn't unfamiliar territory when there are games that matter more than the one they're playing in right now. Right. Bingo. Bingo.
1: All right. Trivia time. Trivia time with Brenda. Then we're out of here. Let's do it. Um, trivia time. Let's do it. It's not
0: often. That you see two Syracuse teams beat the same team on the same day. It happened this past weekend. When was the last time it happened, excluding the North Carolina wins this past Saturday?
1: Um, and can this be for men's and women's basketball too? No. Oh, it's just lacrosse. it's just
0: lacrosse.
2: <sighs> Wait, and it's it's not it's not Syracuse or it is Syracuse. It, it's
0: Syracuse men's, women's, the cross. Oh, beating the same team on the same day, excluding the North Carolina wins this past weekend.
1: Oh. Um it was recently, right? I'm not telling you.
2: Because re- recently
0: is such a subjective term.
1: Okay. Was it in the past two years? No. It wasn't. Okay.
2: 2016.
1: I think we're guessing the team, right? Not the year. Uh,
0: you you both is the ideal.
1: Thing. Uh, um hmm. This is a shot in the dark guess for me here. Uh but I feel like, well, no. Duke was an answer last year week, so I that's can't so do that weird. again. But like say, that's in my mind. I was mind.
2: gonna say Duke. That's so weird. It
1: just feels like I've they've done the flip flop before. Do it. do it. Okay, Duke. What year?
2: 2016.
0: Are you both giving the same answer, or do you want to give different answers?
1: Based on our faces, yes, same answer.
0: Are, are you both? And then we'll try the, again. And uh, then we'll try I'm, again. Uh, okay, you get three strikes. That's your first strike. It's not
1: correct. Why even say the year, then? What's up with you? Because that was I like, really
0: like leaving you guys on. You know how this works. So the, so
2: the year was wrong, too?
0: Yes. Okay.
1: All right, you're up.
2: Oh. Um.
0: Massive wind-up here. The fastball is going to go right by Is it ACC?
1: Sam.
0: I'm not telling Can you. Can we get that? Can we get ACC? I'm not telling you.
1: That's so broad, then. Tommy, if you're using it's, it's, if it's you're AC using same.
0: logic, it's AC. Same.
1: You okay. You need to okay, use logic okay. here. It's yeah, playing it the same makes, team. Well, you know,
0: on the same day.
1: I believe they've both played Princeton the same year before.
0: On the same day?
1: No, that's not
0: my. Guess. Did you not hear the question? I did hear the question. What I'm about? Just about saying it doesn't chill.
1: have to be the same conference. But what about statistically Maryland? Statistically, it is. That's a good. See, that's a great guess. That's a great guess. Remember, you only have two strikes left. All right. Lock it in. I did. Do
0: you have a year?
2: Twenty fourteen.
1: No. And no. Okay. Final guess. <sighs> hmm. Let's think okay, like, okay. Mar- let's write ra- let's Honestly
2: one out. honestly Marilyn was a bad guess. It really was like, like you, now I'm like okay you kind of have to think about an ACC Sam goes,
0: it has to be an ACC team. Goes with a team that's not in the <laughs> yeah, ACC. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Just
2: do that. Um,
0: okay,
1: let's think. It what through about? Here. I, think I'm it honestly
2: through. thinking more now along the lines of like uh, like Virginia Tech or Virginia yeah, yeah. or or does yeah
1: yeah I would say I would say it's I would say it's definitely something like that. Do, do does Louisville have a men's team? I don't think they do, do they?
2: I'm not confident enough to yeah, that. Yeah, but we know
1: Virginia Tech does, and we know Virginia has both. I think we go with one of the Virginias.
2: And again, I mean, Virginia's a good team. Or, or it could be Notre Dame. It, it could, could be, be Notre that. Dame,
1: too. It could be Notre Dame, too. I like
2: too. that. I, that one's like... Notre Dame feels yeah, good. Yeah, that one's feeling good to me.
1: Let's lock it in.
2: All right. Head
1: auto. Head auto in the head. That's do you it. have it's a year? Be- beep, beep, beep. Um, beep, I, I think more you recently. Go. I think I'm, th- I'm going to move it up and say 2018.
0: Strike three. You bounced around the year. It was 2017. I'll preface this by saying there have been some close calls in more recent years. 2018. Saturday,
1: Sundays, I feel like have happened before. No, it's
0: on the same day. It's just one team won, one team lost.
1: Oh. So at 20,
0: 2018, that. it happened twice in terms of, like, teams playing the same team on the same day. Against Virginia and North Carolina. Men's lacrosse in 2018 won 12-11 against Virginia. Women's lacrosse lost 17-16. A couple weeks later, the teams played North Carolina on the same day. Men's lacrosse won 13-12. Women's lacrosse lost 20-11. The next year, same two teams. Men's lacrosse lost to UVA 14-15. Women's lacrosse won 16-11. A couple months later, against UNC, men's lacrosse won, women's lacrosse lost. And in Mar- on March 5th of 2017, both teams... Beat Virginia by one goal on the same day.
1: That hurts. that hurts. That hurts. That hurts really bad. That hurts a lot more than I can physically oh, express right no. now.
2: Oh no! And if we, and if it was just gonna be Virginia attack or Virginia, we yeah, yeah, would have gone Virginia. Totally, <sighs> totally. Oh ah, man!
1: <laughs> to be that my like fault, that, that, that. No, don't don't be. We nah, went in with confidence. We teamed up for whatever reason. What are you
0: talking about? Blame Sam all the way. She threw away a guess on Maryland.
1: Well, it was – I didn't even have time I to actually, stop I actually that. still
2: think that was a good Maryland, yeah, I honestly. Actually, I'll
0: I'll give you this. Maryland is a good guess. It's just with the non-conference schedule, it's so hard to like – there were also years where like – they both beat a Duke or they both beat North Carolina, but they played them in different weeks, like right. well, yeah. one week after the other. It was yeah. a good
2: question, Brendan. Yeah, it was. Next great time we're, we're doing our own strikes just so we have more chances. Exactly. <laughs> That's
1: not how it works. Thanks for, yeah. ha-
2: thanks for hanging with me, though.
1: Yeah, and thanks for hanging with us. This is the Orange Zone Podcast. Brendan Hodges, Samantha Cross, and Tommy Sladak. We're out of here. We'll be back either at the end of this week or next week. We're going to figure that one out, but regardless, we have uh, very much – playoff lacrosse on the horizon we are going to have a spring game that happens this friday to talk about next week we also have nfl the nfl draft we're gonna be getting into that next week and looking to maybe have our boy james on we're gonna find out we're gonna try to get a familiar name in here and uh and then ultimately that's gonna lead to a lot more fun stuff so we're out here thanks for listening thanks for watching orange zone podcast peace